Brought to you by Zingzong Media. This is the Grassroots Motorsport Podcast. Hi, I'm Ethan. And I'm Scott. And you're listening to the Grassroots Motorsport Podcast. You are? Yeah, it's been a while. It has. So as you can see in this episode title, we're going to be a bit self-indulgent and chat about Ethan and his story because we've had a lot of interviews over the last little while and we thought we'd yeah find out a little bit or tell you guys a little bit more about our story. Before then, this episode is brought to you by Zingzong Media, which is actually our business, so it's brought to you by us. <laughs> but um, tell them that. do you know what Zingzong Media actually does? I mean, you, I've got you involved in a fair few projects, but what's the sort of work that they do? We normally do uh, online marketing, so it can be for like, you know, marketing through Instagram or Facebook, mm-hmm. and we can also build you a website or yep, all that kind of fun stuff. All that fun stuff. So, so basically, media marketing. Yeah. So. The tagline for the business is building your community. So it's really about building a a community of followers around a brand and you know using digital media as well as traditional media um, to you know make that happen. So because uh, those of you who don't know me, which would be most of you, have had I've had um, a lot of experience in sales and marketing over the last twenty years, building businesses for lots of different people and running you know everything from music events to, I don't know, businesses <laughs> and um, everything that's associated with that. So I've got a good network of people that we draw on. And, you know, we like to do podcasts too. So this is, yeah, a bit of fun. Um, recently, Zingzong Media was fortunate enough to uh, start working with a Formula Ford constructor um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the category, um, the constructor is Magal out of France, but they've obviously got an office here in Australia. Um, nice little operation, very, very professional and, and sleek. And um, Jeff, the owner, is a is a top bloke too, so makes life easier when you're working with a top bloke. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. And that's actually good for our listeners too because it's actually we're going to have um, a few... Uh, Formula Ford, uh, both historic and current people over the next you know twelve to eighteen months, just as we cross paths, um, which will be fun and good for the listeners too, because um, yeah we've got some some good people uh, lined up for you all. But I'm going to stop rabbiting on about that. Um, feel free, there is a link to Zingzong Media in the show notes, um, or you can just hit us up on our Facebook page at Grassroots Motorsport Podcast. So, Ethan, this episode is all about you and what your experience has been in um, motorsport. So, I guess um, I'm going to start it off because I've got nothing prepared because, you know, I know you. So, I've got yeah. no no questions prepared. We're just going to see where this goes. But um, how long have you been involved in motorsport? What's the What's the story? I've been involved in motorsport for at least two years. Um, is that right? 
Yeah, well, since yeah, you've been about 12. Yeah, so, no, no, no. Oh, since so I've like been 13. Like, officially. What? I, do, I started motorsport when I was 13. Oh, I thought you were 12. No, so, actually, we'll start from the beginning then. We were invited be to a um, Christmas party at mm-hmm. the Toyota plant down yep. in... Oh, Altona. Altona. I didn't want to say somewhere else. I was going to say Avalon. <laughs> um, Close enough. Yeah, which was actually through uh, my brother's friend's dad who worked there. And uh, Hey, Trevor, if you're listening. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you, were, you were the start, essentially. And, um, it's, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. Uh, they actually had a Motocana demonstration where they normally do the events. Mm-hmm. And they were offering uh, ride-alongs for anyone who signed a piece of paper and was 12. Yes. Uh, And, of course, we signed that piece of paper and had a crack. It was in a little red sports car. I believe it's an MX-5. It was an MX-5. It was an MX-5. I didn't, again, Zane got a better car. He got to ride in an 86. I I got to ride in an 808, which you probably don't remember what that was. No. That was like an early Mazda station wagon. My parents had an 808. So, Zane anyway, got the best choice. I interrupted. Zane got the best one. At the 86? Yeah. For, for Bitumen Motocana? Yeah, I think so. He, yeah. got, like he, a, he good, got, a good choice, but the 808 was fun. He got he got a good draw. But anyway, this guy just, just nailed it. It wasn't perfect, but... <laughs> well, he even said it wasn't perfect, not not bashing the poor bloke. He said, I just know how it's done, but it was very fun. Yes. And we yeah. had to do it because from that time we were looking for some sort of motorsport for me at least. Mm-hmm. And motorbikes was out of the question. Absolutely. Too many, too many broken <laughs> bones. Um, go-karts was a trap for both cash and... No, mainly cash. Mainly cash. But <laughs> no, you can, get, you can get sucked into go-karts. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're just not of that um, socioeconomic no. uh, background to, you know, have started in karting. So. Especially not to be competitive, because we, right. we could have easily, you know, just got a cheap cart, but mm-hmm. we've gone nowhere. Yep, that's right. And me being naturally competitive would have been very frustrating. Yeah, you and me both. Um, so, anywho, uh, there was a stage where, because of the school we were going to, we weren't quite ready, and there was other hobbies I had, um, which are probably not pod... Uh, we we did a little bit of uh, sport shooting, you know, clay pigeons, all that yeah, kind of you stuff. Can, which, you can talk yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, I just... YouTube, you can't say gun on YouTube because then you get demonetized. Well, we're not on, we're we're not not on, on YouTube. YouTube. Um, but that was essentially the hobby of choice when I turned 12. Um, first of all, because that was more accessible and cheaper in the long term, so to speak. But just we weren't quite ready to commit to motorsport at that stage. Mm. Essentially, then when I moved on to year seven, there was talk of doing it by twenty uh, by the end of the year. Yep. Turned out it was early twenty eighteen. We did the first mm. come and try first come and try day of the year at Packham Motor Club, which yep. the day after was also the first round of the Victorian Motorcana Championship, which I competed in. Yep. That was a solid eighth out of 12 cars, which yes. is not bad for no, that's right. Mini Festiva and being not, yeah, not literally the doing. first time behind the wheel. Yep. Um, and then from that, wow, the start is really boring when I think about it. But from that, you know, I was hooked right mm. off the bat. Like, I didn't, I, I 
I like to believe in myself, but I had no idea where I was going. I've never competed in that kind of level of anything, yep. to be honest. And so, like, who knew? And then my friend ended up getting a uh, Ford Ford Laser for his yep. birthday, and that's when we decided that it was time for us to commit to a car as well, which ended up being now Mighty Blue Pulsar. Yes, that's right. Um, From that, we did just Motocanas through that year. Because mm-hmm. I was all in the same year. Um, first race was a bit mad, but that was still that was my second motorsport event. Yep. Essentially, just went along, and then essentially there was one motorcana where we ended up in third in the first half, yes. and then after a mistake, we moved back down to sixth. Yes. But the joys of motorcana. Joys of motorcana. My gosh! But that was when it sort of clicked. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was pace. I just needed to get things right. Yep. And then from that, we tragically lost where we were staying due to some miscalculations at real estate agency. And we couldn't compete in my first uh, Carnacross, which was going to be my first speed event. Uh, first, well, when I say speed event, first event where I get to go fast. But I was also going to be after my birthday. Was sort of going to be a birthday thing for you. Dad's giving me weird looks across the microphone. Yeah, we got. I thought that was before then. Nah. So what happened is we you bought me a sport wheel, mm-hmm. and then we were going to fit that for the car. Because you've done a kind of you'd done a kind of cross with the Darkos. I'm getting there. Okay, that's the event I'm talking about. Right. We're talking Bathurst Day, which is yes. sort of around my birthday, but because we're moving out, we didn't have time to fit my car out. When the event came along, we weren't ready to move. We weren't like we were moving and we didn't have the time for you guys to come along and like and bring the car, yes. drop it off and do that kind of stuff. So you dropped me off at the event, which the Darkos, which you guys are like the legends of our, um, especially my story because... Like, the event we did with you guys was what made it click for me. And on that Bathurst Day event, we borrowed their N14 Pulsar. Yep. And that became my first ever win on Bathurst Day. Awesome. And that was a little bit after my birthday, because Bathurst Day is a little bit after my birthday. is about a month or so. Yep. And, um, yeah, that's what happened. And, you know, we eventually got the car ready. We got the sport wheel on it. We did a few motorcars after. And that's when it when we thought it's time to actually start thinking about what we want to do. Yep. Awesome. So really like, you know, humble beginnings and we're still in a humble position. So hardly um Yeah, we're partly But um I guess um you know from my point of view and I'm just gonna talk for a minute. Yep. Is I've always seen um you've had an obsession with cars and speed. Because like, I used to have a, which we've talked about on other episodes, but I used to have a simulator, um, which you were on pretty much from as soon as you could reach the pedals. So mm-hmm. you you've, had the force feedback on nothing. Couldn't yeah, still, you've always had sort of an obsession with driving. So yeah, um, no real surprises there. Um, yeah, and I suppose um, you know from from my point of view as well, I've. Uh, only ever entered you in events for enjoyment purposes mm-hmm. and because I know that dads can be biased. So I've only ever waited for positive feedback 
from other people and people that have been around a lot longer than me um, in terms of um, recognizing ability and potential because the thing with you Ethan uh, is that yes you've had some mixed results yeah. along the way but typically you're uh, getting more out of the car than what you should and you know um, place quite well um, you know it, usually in the, the top three yes yeah. perfect um, recently like if, if people have been following us for a little while and it's not recently now but um, you know your first event at um, Byron Park uh, you were competing against adults in a speed event it was the first I was the only junior there yes you're the only junior at, like in that class so the non log boot class which means that there's WRXs and XR8s and XR6s and MR2s and... Lotuses and weird things. Yeah, all sorts of things in that class. Um, and which you came third, and it was the first time on bitumen. Uh, first mm. time, of course, at that track. And in the wet. And in the wet as well. And um, I quickly realised, because, you know, I, I kind of thought that I was a decent driver... But I've, I know that I'm certainly um, not as sharp as I used to be. But, yeah, Ethan um, was faster than me the whole way around. So, yeah, so that, w- that was a real, um, a really good thing as well, like for, for um, people to see what you're capable of mm. and really, you know, um, just a case of uh, trying to capitalise on that and, mm. you know, continue to do things on a shoestring budget and, you know, with the support of others. So um, you've also had a bit of a an interesting story along the way mm-hmm. as well, Ethan. So, like, for us, it's not just about, you no, know, motorsport and yeah. um, a bit of a transient lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I guess there's been a bit of a catalyst or a bit of a, um, you know, something going on in the background. So... Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I will talk about that a little bit. So, essentially, as you heard when I was explaining about when everything clicked for me as a driver, um, we were actually in a move, and I don't quite remember, but there was a mishap um, in uh, whatever real estate thing which was going no, on. No, hang on. No, okay, no. no. I don't want to talk... I'm going to edit this bit out. Okay, that's fine. I don't want to talk about getting evicted and all of that because mm-hmm. that'll just be interpreted as financial mess. Yeah. I'm talking about your health issues. Yeah, I know. I know. I was going to get there. Just, yeah. So, but... So, I'll, I'll ask the question again. Mm-hmm. Or did you just want to answer it again? Start it again. Okay. So we've talked around it a little bit, um, you know. We've alluded to it in other podcasts as well. But you've kind of had your share of, uh, I guess, um, a backstory, things happening in the background that a lot of people haven't known. And we've we've kept your private life private. Yeah, of course. But, you know, you're only a kid. But um, yeah, did you want to talk a bit about like what's been going on health wise for you? Yeah. All right. So essentially, in uh, in about mid-2017, I was diagnosed type 1 type diabetic. Yes. Which was a big stab in the gut, especially when you're wanting to start driving race cars. And there's a lot of, like, 
it's a very iffy political area around it. Well, it's it's not that um, it's, well, it's necessarily like a, a barrier to entry. It's not barrier, but it's it iffy complica- politics. It complicates things. Yeah, it's iffy politics, and um, and that is a that is that was essentially a struggle going into motorsport, but it was sort of left behind because, especially being much younger when starting off, like first being diagnosed, I didn't quite grasp the problem of what that, like what the issue is Mm. and didn't quite understand it until actually properly going into motorsport and realizing, you know, when they tell us about, you know, you're going to have to get this checked and that checked and that box ticked and make sure you go to the here before you even think about doing this, that or the other. It, that's when it real. That's for me. Mm. That's when I yes. realize, you know, this is a proper issue, and this isn't yes. just some silly thing you laugh about. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's not really a thing you want to embrace fully. It's not something you want to live with. Type one diabetes. Well, it's not. Um, it's not that we we're in denial. No, we weren't but, in denial. But, but as it's not. as parents, and I guess you know your mum's intuition a little bit. We knew that there was more to the story than, you know. Yeah. Than, no, than, than, than how, it, how it appeared. Like, it just, it's, it was one of those things that for us, um, you know, because we've, we've always been, no, sorry, we haven't always, but we try to be quite healthy and especially, you know, since both you and Zane came along, you know, both, uh, we, we tried to make a conscious decision to be as healthy as possible, so you know that adjusting lifestyle. But, yeah. Um, but we knew, like your mum and I, knew that something wasn't quite no, correct. Was um, I don't want to go on the official record and say that you were misdiagnosed because that would no. be inaccurate. You did present to hospital with type one diabetic mm-hmm. symptoms, um, but. What was complicating the issue for you was that insulin wasn't working. Yeah, it was insulin. I was getting, especially during the year seven exams, which, oh my gosh, I was like, you know, they say it's all practice exams and it's only to get you ready for year eight, but, you know, it isn't. They just do that so you make it feel better. <laughs> yeah. And um, especially going into that, I was getting very, very, very sick yep. on insulin. Yes. I would take, if you're familiar with how it works, there's essentially on the pen, there's like a little number which you click how many units you need of it. I don't know yep. how it's quite measured, but essentially I was on the tiniest amount yep. available yep. for us. And I was getting so sick I could hardly, you know, exist in the, just in the yeah. school seat. Yeah. It you, was, you were a write-off on it, like you were a different kid. It was, it was disgraceful. And then from that... We had to do something about it, especially mm-hmm. with your guys' intuition. Like, you know, you knew that there was something off, you know, and I sort of started grasping that this isn't a thing which I shouldn't, you know, be proud of, so to speak. Mm. And with with a problem, you know, there's always can be a fix. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so we, um, we used complementary medicine to, um, you know, while we were investigating... It. You know what was going on, and you know under the guidance of 
uh, the hospital, you did end up uh, completely weaned off mm-hmm. the insulin. So, and that was under their guidance, not through alternate medicine. Well, they made that actually even scarier. I was still having problems. Like I was still uh, getting uh, hypos, mm-hmm. even not on insulin. Which That's is right. Doesn't make sense. Building, yeah, yeah. Um, which um, we subsequently found out, and we won't go into too much detail of the treatment or any of those sorts of things, just for lots of reasons, and not that anything illegal or anything like that was done. But we, you did. Long story short, is that you found to have a, a uh, tumor on your pituitary gland, which was then causing the um, imbalances on the endocrine system. So anyone with a bit of medical background would understand sort of what we're saying but in sort of um you know plain terms you had a brain tumor that was messing up your body yeah and you know that that was that figuring out that was pretty scary and Mm -hmm. you know it was said as benign but we still know what sort of size it was um And especially at that stage, we we sort of just did the Byron Park thing. And mm-hmm. I want to make mention that Byron Park was very important for me as well because it helped me decide what path I wanted to go through yep. motorsport, mm-hmm. what was the definitive point. And what made that scary is if I had to have an operation, that was an easy three months of nothing. Mm, that's right. And like, I know that now sounds pretty ridiculous going into quarantine because <laughs> yeah. we've spent like the half, yeah, half year, a year doing nothing. Yeah. But. Well, for be, you, like, yeah, for, you know, you, you live motorsport. Like, yeah. So. I, especially when we can still do it. Yes. Yeah, because there's no uh, bat soup virus going around, you know. Yeah. It's pretty, it was pretty scary. And mm. I, you know, I've gone through quite like quite the operations in my life. I've had 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 a few. Yep. But one or two. This was something completely different. Yes. Like this isn't you know fixing a broken arm. This isn't removing tonsils. This is. Yep. You know. Yep. Open so up your head. then fast forward, you know, to kind of nowish, and your health issues are behind you. Mm-hmm. You've had a few constants throughout that time, one of which was motorsport. Mm-hmm. But did you want to talk about a little bit about what um, motorcarnas and motorsport means to you? Like how it actually... Mm-hmm. Well, see, especially growing up as a, like a car nut, it was a dream as, you know, first starting off. I thought it was amazing that at my age I was able to drive. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, not really finding myself, so to speak. Like I had, you know, I had, you know, mildly competitive shooting and I played around with crappy special effects on my iPad. Like there weren't <laughs> even, I wasn't even doing it. I was just using yep. templates. Yep. I wasn't, and I don't want to, don't want to make it sound weird, but I wasn't happy because it wasn't, what I wanted to be. Yeah, that's right. You hadn't found who you haven't are. found who I was. And yep. with the introduction of motorsport, even if my pace wasn't what it is today, even if you know I didn't have a Nissan Pulsar, I had a crappy you know 
Star Wars. Peugeot. Peugeot. Oh my. <laughs> Sorry, joking. Peugeot fans. You're just joking. I, I I saw an open door. I had to take it. No, I always do that. Um, I think like it's just it was a dis. It helped me find me. Yes. Yep. And even in a sense of not even hobby wise, but me as a character, like it mm. helped me become better with people. Helped me better socialize and there was it was just undescribable on how yeah. much i changed afterwards yeah just so much i i could walk up to anyone and say hello how are you going what is this and have at least a good enough chat that i would know what this person is yes that if i see him again it's not going to be another awkward introduction mm, that's right yeah so that, that, i i guess you know it's um for you, it's helped develop your social skills, having things like your car stolen and the clutch burnt out and then you're having to try and... Which is a whole other story, which I'm sure like people would have heard. Yeah, ha- if, would have heard. Yeah. Yeah. You, would have, you would have seen it on Instagram. But no they one's... would have heard it in the first season of the show. Um, learning to cope with that under pressure because that was a rough day for you. Yeah, it was a very rough day. Um, you know, it's really built resilience... I, I could, this is mm. from, you know, a dad looking at you, um, really built resilience and maturity, but still allowed you to be 15. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what I think is really cool about this level of motorsport is that like, we haven't come into this with big budget. No. And we haven't come into it even with big aspirations, you know. Yeah, it's only it, until recently. We've, well, that you, we've realized that maybe you've got some talent that, you know, it's, that that's where, you know. Where hopefully you're heading, it sort of, you know, looks that way. But it's, um, you know, from from a parent's point of view, I couldn't be happier with what, you know, what motorsport has done for you. It's fantastic. Like, build, mm. building resilience. Uh, I mean, where, um, uh, how do I put it? I'm just going to edit. Hang on. Well, I think. Just play some thinking music. So with our involvement at Pakenham Auto Club, um, we're a part of the junior development program and Ethan's mm-hmm. on, on the committee. Like, obviously, I try to manage the media side of things, which there's been a couple of issues this week, so let's not go there. But um, And it's all in turn, like, it's technology. And I hate technology, even though I need it for my job. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, is... Uh, yeah, Ethan, myself, and a gentleman by the name of Ben Rawson are running the junior development program. Now we've been doing uh, some reinventing around the actual, you know, the branding and you know the nature of the course. We were meant to pilot this in term two, but COVID happened. Um, but it's actually going to be a school-based program, or you know, during school hours, with a program called Control, and using you know. The types of skills that Ethan, the life skills that Ethan has learnt about coping and resilience and, you know, not having negative fixation of mm. having positive fixation. And, you know, sometimes you can't control your situation, but you can control your response. And all those things that are critical to actually surviving in that 30 seconds or one minute lap or whatever it is that you're doing in motorsport, they're skills that mentally help you 
day to day and just, you know, functioning, whether it's at school or having an argument with your parents over some war history or <laughs> or anything really. Um, yeah, there's a, a fair bit to um, to be said for what motorsport's done, mm-hmm. you know, for you. So, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I hope... Because, well, I'll make mention that, yeah. like, what... What truly makes motorsport beautiful for me, and I did mention that, you know, help me find who I am, but help me find that me, the best person I am, Mm. is me. Mm -hmm. And I believe, like, I've seen a lot of people who go, you know, I want to be the next Craig Lance, I want to be the next Michael Schumacher, but I've heard no one go, I want to be myself in Mm. motorsport. That's right. I've never, I've never. I and I just and it's not even like I'm trying to you know call out anyone who believes themselves to be the next Craig Lowndes because if you if that's who you reckon you are definitely go for it but, but you'll never be you'll you, never be only you. Craig Lowndes can be Craig yeah Lowndes. only that Craig Lowndes has happened Craig Lowndes is Craig Lowndes you are you and you're mm. the person who's fresh exactly yep exactly so yeah that's that's a good point too and I think that's you know for you um, you know you've really being able to, which, you know, learning about yourself and what you're capable of is a lifelong journey. But for you to have that discovery of becoming the best version of yourself through motorsport, fantastic. Um, and that's, I think, um, you know, at all levels of motorsport, if on a day-to-day basis, you're just focused on being the best version of you. So whether or not, you know, you're... Um, always running as, you know, sparring partner to a big name and never getting the big show or you've been a big name in the big mm. show and then you are suddenly cut. You wake up one morning and you've managed to annoy your engineer and you're yeah. cut, cut from the team. All those things happen all the time in motorsport and in, in professional sport. Yes, yeah, sport in general. But if you can, or a, a, even in life, but, mm. you know, sport tends to be a little bit more political and personal. <laughs> If you if you can go through that, going well today I was the best version of me, or maybe I wasn't and I apologise for that. Hmm. That's that's awesome. So that like that that's hmm. a really good skill that that'll carry you through. So and I think even like we'll look at even at a motorsport, t- uh, you know, thing on track. If you're trying to be Craig Lowndes and Craig Lowndes is right in front of you. And you're battling Craig Lowndes. No, just hear me out on it. Yeah. Craig Lowndes knows Craig Lowndes the best. Yes. And so if he's got a person who thinks they're Craig Lowndes, mm-hmm. he can easily counter Craig Lowndes. Yeah. But if you're going up against Craig Lowndes as Ethan Leslie or Bob Dingleberry, I have no idea. I can think of a good last <laughs> that's name. A, that's a horrible... <laughs> Surname, and I apologise now that I've said that. If anyone out there, their surname is actually Dingleberry, you probably need to change your name. And for the younger kids, do not Google Dingleberry. Okay. Because it's not that rude, but you don't want to know what it is. Okay, whatever. Let me make my point. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But either way, Craig Lowndes cannot expect Bob. Bob has their own technique. Bob yes. has developed as himself. Mm-hmm. So even again on an on track That's right. record, being yourself and the best person of yourself exactly. is the way to go. Yep. 
Yep, fantastic. Awesome. So I guess, I mean, we don't, while we're recording this podcast, there's been some changes again, <laughs> some backward steps in our neighbourhood, um, you know, with COVID restrictions and stuff like that. And, and so that you don't get your hopes dashed. <laughs> I've kind of kept a few things close to my chest as to what's in the pipeline for 2020 and mm-hmm. 2021. I mean, 2021 is completely open at the moment. Yeah, it is. It's but um, do you have like any immediate plans? What would you hope to be doing between now and the end of the year? Well, at the moment, I, I literally... There's nothing like we'll put it this way: the the racing series we're supposed to do this year, APRA, is essentially by the time our car is finished, you know, the season will be roughly be over, and yep. you know, the other plans really haven't been opened up yet. I honestly really just want to do an event. Like yep. I don't don't care if it's you know a motorcana, even though I'm, you know, I've. When I say grown out of it, I've matured as a driver and, you know, want to do something else. But even if it's down to just a club motor carnival of 10 people, I kind of just want to just get out there mm, yeah. and express myself. Because for me, I feel my best expression of myself is through motorsport and cars. Mm-hmm. And don't think you should define yourself by what you do, but you definitely should be like, you definitely should keep what you do close to yourself. Yep. And, you know, motorsports basically being what's pulled me through for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't think I can, you know, give it up like that. And yeah. I'm sort yeah. of losing my mind at salty drivers on set of calls that bumping me off track. Yep. And all that kind of stuff. So, and actually on that, it's funny that you mentioned that. So, if people want to compete, will you be competing in the competition? Or I haven't you... made up my mind. Okay. So, through Packenham Auto Club virtual racing team, um, Ethan will be at least organising, if not competing in, a. Is it, will it be a set of Corsa? It will be a set of Corsa. It will be so. a set of Corsa hot lap challenge. We'll set up a awesome appropriate car track combination of this time. Yep. I'll try and keep it as open as possible, so no no DLCs, so you can run just the core game without any mods or whatever, so you can just just have a set of cause of bare bones. Yep. Um, just go for it. So for all you sim racers out there, there'll be a competition, a set of cause. Keep an eye out on our um, Facebook page. There will be a little bit of prize money up for grabs, probably, you know, 50 bucks. Enough to get you in a set of cause of DLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, something to um, yeah, get you uh, inspired and into it. Um, so, yeah, that should be... That should be announced fairly soon. Um, in terms of practice, Ethan will be doing some autocross-style practice in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, everything sort of hopefully falling into place with that fairly soon. Um, you can follow Ethan at Alpha Racing Australia on Facebook and Instagram, um, as well as there is some... Um, YouTube clips of your online racing on YouTube as well. Yeah, at literally my name, Ethan Leslie. You shouldn't miss it. Yeah. So 2021 will be a very big year um, because 
This year's been a bit of a strange year because of COVID, but also because mm-hmm. of like your age as well. Yeah, I, you yeah. were going to be missing some of that um, Australian Pulsar Racing Championship round due to your age, but also it didn't help that I was unwell for th- three or four months, four months. And, and I'll, I like to make mention of that. Um, you know, this podcast has been about me, but I'll just talk about my team manager. Just <laughs> completely pulled through Yeah, what was pretty severe vertigo. Just yep. worked absolutely incredibly and just Thanks, still Ethan. got things done. And done well in a state which not even I was in. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, and I, I think we've said enough about that podcast. About that, that, that podcast. On, the, uh, on the podcast. Because <laughs> um, it, it was another case of... Oh, no. See, I don't want to go out on a limb and say that we've been misdiagnosed. I mean, because with both Ethan and my case, the hospitals have... You know, they're very caring. They've gone above and beyond... And they've worked with the information they've had on hand. Um, I guess for the parents out there, in any situation, if um, you feel like you're being dismissed by an authority, like that you're, it's just the way your son or daughter is, and it just doesn't won't leave you alone. Um, my suggestion is to pursue it until you're satisfied that mm-hmm. they're correct, because that's that's all that. Um, Lorraine and I did, so not, um, yeah. And I'm glad that we did. Yeah. Cause I'm glad you did because I feel much better as a person. Like, you know, yeah. I, when everything was bad, I'll put it that way, I felt slow. And especially as someone who likes going really fast with four wheels, it's very painful to feel slow. Yep. So the only other thing that is highly likely to happen this year for Ethan, will be uh, control the junior development program happening with Pakenham Auto Club. We will there will be a at this stage I should say there will be a um, program running during term three, which will be the the pilot program. At this stage, that course is full. We cannot take any more students, but definitely uh, search up Pakenham Auto Club on their Facebook page. Because and watch my social media because I'll put some updates on yes. how the thing, how like how control is. And yes, but that will be where the announcements as to what's happening in term four mm-hmm. will be, um, because we're hoping that this will become a larger scale program, you know, in the future. So, is there anything you wanted to add about your career so far, or we got a two liter engine for my car? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, there's been other priorities. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. And um, is there anything you want to add? Don't think so. Awesome. So thanks for listening. And that was Ethan's story as of 2020. So stay safe in there and see you trackside soon. <laughs>